Hello, I am joined today with Sister Meredith Bynum, part of the Loganville Ward Testimonies. Meredith, thank you for joining me. My pleasure. All right, let's get started. Um, go ahead and tell me a little bit about yourself. <laughs> well, I'm 52 years old. <laughs> I teach high school. I have two children that are grown. Uh, one is 27, one is 29. And they've yet to bear me any grandchildren. Um, so I live alone with my two dogs and two cats. That's awesome. One day the grandchildren will hopefully come. Tell me a little bit about why you chose Loganville. How, how did you end up in Loganville? Um, I was looking for a place that was going to be closer to my job in Lawrenceville. And so I did my search around my work, but, you know, I prayed very heavily about finding a home that would have a good ward, a good place for me to uh, find a community to fit in and develop friendships. So um, Loganville turned out to be the place. It was a truly an answer to a prayer. That's awesome. Um, so do you, when did you actually move into the Loganville Ward? Just so our listeners can know that. Um, April of last year. Oh, okay. Awesome. Well, we love having you here. Well, thank you. And I've loved getting to know you. Um, okay, so when were, how were you first exposed to the church? Were you born into it or? Yes, both my parents are members of the church. Um, my mother was a convert. She joined when she was a teenager and um, it had such an impact on her life that she really became, you know, our biggest um, spiritual advocate in the home, always having family prayers and family home evening, um, scripture study. She really wanted us to have a strong spiritual base growing up. Do you think that um, because of that, you may have developed a stronger testimony earlier on in your life? Yes, definitely. Both my parents always made a point of sharing their testimonies with us and um, helping us build our own. When do you think um, you first kind of started feeling like you had a testimony like separate from theirs, like um, not borrowed from them. <laughs> not borrowed. <laughs> yeah. I think when I was a teenager and attending a seminary in the early mornings is when I really kind of developed my own testimony of very specific things like the power of prayer and communicating with our Heavenly Father. Um, I loved seminary, even though it meant you know, being up at 6.30 in the morning, sitting in a classroom, it was just powerful and a great way to start my day to set the tone for it. And I, you know, did the scripture study at home in the evenings, you know, the reading assignments and really found um, that my ability to communicate with my Heavenly Father went to a new level. How do you think that ability to communicate um, helped you in your adult life? ability to communicate with Heavenly Father? 
Well, it's always kind of been there as a reminder, like when I felt like I've been drifting in my communication, I'll remember back to those times where, you know, I felt the spirit so strongly during my prayers that I knew Heavenly Father hears me. And, um, you know, and I, I strive to get back to there where I was. Awesome. Um, how has your faith been challenged in your life? <laughs> well, there's been lots of challenges. Um, the, the most significant challenge was when uh, my first marriage fell apart. Um, I felt like I had been doing everything I was supposed to as a mother and wife and didn't quite understand what was happening, but um, came out the other end of that stronger. So I, the refiner's fire is very hot, <laughs> but it did not destroy me. It refined me and made me a better person, a stronger person for sure. Yeah, yeah, I totally understand that. The refiner's fire is quite intense sometimes. Um, how, how do you think you got through that, got through your, um, your divorce and everything kind of falling apart? Definitely through prayer. It was not always an easy road. Um, there were times when it definitely felt dark and I felt hopeless, like, because I, you know, when you're doing what you think is right and it's not working, um, a lot of self-doubt creeps in. And so I did go through a really dark period where I felt hopeless and I felt like I wasn't communicating with heaven and that the heavens had closed up against me. It must be my fault. I must be doing something wrong. And um, I had a really profound spiritual experience one day with a fortune cookie and it went to the core of everything. My fortune was not the lottery numbers or the usual drivel. It was God loves you especially. And um, that was what I needed to hear at that moment that God was aware of me, loved me, not just in, in some sort of metaphorical sense, but that in reality, he loved me and was aware of me and my situation. That is so beautiful. I. I love that you said that, that he's aware of you and your situation. And it's not just metaphorically. It's so wonderful to, to know that God loves each and every one of us. Um, what were you able to do to, how were you able to turn around after that, after that fortune cookie experience? <laughs> well, it wasn't um, immediate. There was not suddenly rainbows and butterflies, but it, definitely kind of gave me the hope I needed to keep moving in the right direction. And God seems to like to do things in his own time and bless us in his own time. And so, I mean, it was a good year or so before, you know, I found the strength and full fellowship again in my heart of, you know, loving members and, scripture study and you know all the things that go with living right feeling the benefits of that again you know sometimes we close our hearts up because we're afraid of being wounded and you know it took a while to break down those walls that I had built up it sounds like it took a lot of courage to to move forward how do you think 
the everyday things changed for you? Did you like try focusing on like one particular thing like prayer or scripture study and then slowly work from there? Um, what was really important for me was to not, uh, self-reliance is good to a point, but when you close yourself off, like I'm not gonna ask others for help, it really denies you some blessings. So my parents right, kind of right. helped me out. They invited the missionaries <laughs> to come visit me. And, <laughs> you know, it was really great to meet with these sister missionaries who kind of guided me back through scripture study and prayer and went with me to church so I didn't feel afraid and alone um, like I was feeling at the time. That's awesome. You know. What a blessing to have those sisters <laughs> in your life to do that. That's pretty cool. So you said the heavens, you felt like they were closed on you. Then they started opening um, back up. Let's talk about that relationship and those feelings that you had with the Lord during that time. Do you think they were negative at all? Or do you think it was like you felt his love all, all the time? Um, no, I don't think it was negative. I don't think I ever had those angry fist shaking moments. Uh, it was really just me kind of withdrawing into myself and closing myself off from everybody, including Heavenly Father, you know, when I was going through that depressed state. Um, depression is very real and can kind of desensitize you to the spirit. It's hard to feel um, the Holy Ghost when you're in, a, in the dark depression. So, I mean, it did require some medical intervention also to get me out of there. That is definitely true. Mental health is very, very important. Um, what's something that you would tell someone who was also in a dark place and struggling um, to get out of it? What's something that you would want them to know? That the darkness does not last. It will never, it will never be your reality forever that um that fighting the darkness requires light and it and what you consume you know so like whether it's scriptures or conference talks um having discussions with friends or missionaries um that that feeds the light and when you're when you're depressed you kind of tend to wrap yourself up in dark things just because misery loves company. And it's hard to replace that with light, but it's necessary to combat it. Yeah, I love how you said that, feed the light. Always look into positive, you know, music, books, scriptures, prayer, friends. Those are all super wonderful things to look into when you're really struggling. Um, what's your relationship with the Lord like now? after coming on the other side of that? Oh, it's, it's really been beautiful to see his hand working in my life, um, like helping me find this home in this area with this ward, with this specific bishop. Like it's all coming together and I feel very hopeful about my future. Um, I'm once again divorced and, you know, kind of finding my way, but this time seems so much easier because I am allowing the Lord to, to lead me. I've put myself in his hands to, to guide me instead of trying to muddle through it on my own. Have you noticed um, it's different 
in your life when you allow the Lord to guide you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, we can be so headstrong. It's not like um, I am not thinking and making decisions for myself, but I'm, I'm bouncing the ideas off of him in my prayers. <laughs> like, what do you think of this? And how do we feel about this? And looking for his, his input and also allowing him to just bless me according to my needs and knowing that the best result will come in its own good time. That's, I love how you said that. It'll come in its own good time because sometimes you're just like, I want this now. I need this now. What is happening? But yeah, that, I love how you said that. Through all of your trials, what is one thing that you've come to absolutely, without a doubt, know? Um, without a doubt, I know that God loves me. I, I have two children and I know how much I love them, even when I want to kill them. <laughs> because children <laughs> would be frustrating. But, yes. you know, my love is really, truly, at the end of the day, unconditional. And, and I know that my Heavenly Father feels the same for me, that it is unconditional no matter what I'm doing. Um, he wants to hear from me. He wants to communicate with me. That's beautiful. And as a parent myself, I, I wholeheartedly agree. There's like a whole different side to that unconditional love once you're going through it and feeling much closer to Heavenly Father um, because of that. So thanks for, thanks for saying that. Is there anything else you would like to share with us before we close out this interview? Um, just that I've been really impressed with the home study program that the church has rolled out recently. Um, how profound it is um, when you are participating in it, reading the lessons before attending church, how you can go into um like the gospel doctrine class or whatever, feeling inspired and receiving so much more out of it when you are anxiously participating in it. Um, That's a really good point. I think Joseph Smith, you know, I can't remember the exact wording, but, you know, in the Doctrine and Covenants had said something about being anxious, anxiously engaged in a good cause. And being a passive member will not bring you the same satisfaction and blessings as being an active, active member. I like that. I like how you worded that. You're a Sunday school teacher now, right? <laughs> yes, just recently. <laughs> um, what's what's uh, so that uh, maybe that, that might have been a little selfish point for everyone <laughs> read your lessons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, what's like one way that um, us as members can help you as a Sunday school teacher be more prepared and more ready to, to hear your lesson? What's one way we can help you with that? Definitely, if you're reading the lesson and reading the scriptures that go with it, seek your personal revelations from it. Just today's lesson, there was a, a little quote from Elder Holland about um, Lot's wife. And so I went on to read the entire Ensign article where he gave that quote and found that it was really interesting that he said that righteousness moves forward. It doesn't live in the past. And so we aren't, we shouldn't get mired in the past, you know, mistakes we've made or where people might've hurt us. Um, we should be looking forward to the future. And that's where righteousness lays. 
Love that. Looking forward to the future. That's awesome. Well, that concludes this interview. Sister Meredith Bynum, on behalf of the Logan Blue Award Testimonies, I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Hope you have a good day.